Hey, ladies and gents, this is Mike Headley on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Like I always say, when we say we have a great one for you, we got an awesome one for you. We got the legend himself, a talented gentleman who's been in the real estate industry for over 60 years. Let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Ben Slayton, CEO of Legacy Home Loans. He's the first black realtor in the country, as well as the first black of a major franchise, as well as the first black of a mortgage and banking company. Tune in to get some great tips. On this podcast, we interview real estate professionals on their journey with their real estate career. They provide great value, insight, and knowledge. Continue to tune in. Hey, ladies and gents, this is Mike Headley. We are back on the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Every time we uh, we have a guest on our show, I always say that we uh, um, have a treat for you. Ladies and gents, what I mean, do we have a extra treat for you as well as a dose of uh, 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 experience, knowledge, and expertise. A gentleman who is very revered in the real estate and mortgage industry. And we reached out to him and he was nice enough to be on our show. So we want to give it up to the first president of a Rotary Club, the first black realtor, as well as the first black owned largest mortgage banking company currently in the country. We want to give a warm welcome to Mr. Ben Slayton. Thank you, sir. So we want to say thank you and for being on our show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. I mean, it was a, truly an honor to, to have somebody of your stature to, to, to grace us with your, with, uh, to be on our show. Um, because our, our audience is, is, is people who are seasoned as well as people just want to get into the business. And I think the information you're about to spew to us will be uh, 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 a whole bunch of uh, great insight and knowledge. So let's dive right into it, shall we? Sure. Very good. So, sir, um, what now? And we want to take it all the way back. And again, you know, we was reading about you. And again, your your catalog is just so long here. First Black Realtor. We want to dive into that. And and I take it this was back in the 1950s. Am I, am I correct? No, 1964. In the 60s. 64. Got you. 64. Okay. So, 1964. Uh, give us that that drive uh, to make you want to say, let me let me get into real estate. And even though we know from history books and watching videos, what was that climbing like? Well, um, I, I saw the real estate business as a means to become rich. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I was raised in a 400 square foot house that sat on four concrete blocks with no running water. Uh, no indoor uh, bathrooms or anything of that sort. Mm. Matter of fact, we had to walk about a mile with buckets to carry water to drinking, uh, for drinking water. However, and, and this was up the top of the hill, and uh, when, at the top of the hill where the pump was, uh, there was a kid that we used to play with. Um, his parents were educators, uh, and they lived in a brick house mm. with running water, indoor plumbing and the house had a fireplace and early in my life i decided that i wanted to live that way Mm. Uh, and 
I uh, became as I became successful, uh, I was able to purchase that house uh, mm -hmm. until the freeway uh, took it away. Uh, but uh, it was it was the way that 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 family lived um, was the way that I wanted to to live, and that stayed in my mind all of my life. And still today, I I can see that house today, even though it doesn't exist. But that was my motivator of uh, of getting into the business, getting into a business that was going to make me rich. Mm -hmm. So, so once you got into the business uh, and you became a realtor, uh, what was that receiving that designation? What was the response from the community? Like, how did people really look up? What did they think about that? Well, uh, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily a response for. Okay from the from the community because the community that I, I lived in uh, was basically a white community. Mm. Uh, it was it was a place called the San Fernando Valley, uh, which is a very high end uh, city or, or groups of cities a little north of Los Angeles. Um, mm. uh, and um, so when I became a realtor, uh, it uh, was not something that was publicized or anything of that sort. Um, it was just, uh, you know, the way it was. But uh, it wasn't uh, that easy in, you know, in 1964. You and I could not go to the Board of Realtors and say, uh, give me an application, I want to become a realtor. Uh, you had to be sponsored by a realtor member, just like the old, old boys uh, country club uh, in 1964 was the middle of the uh, civil rights movement and uh, no white person was going to sponsor me and be ostracized uh, by their fellow realtors. Um, however, I happened to have been adopted um, later in my, in my years um, from, from my childhood. Um, and um, they, uh, I was adopted by a Jewish family and um, they um, had a little money uh, and they, um, found a white guy that would sponsor me. Um, however, he charged them $5,000 to sponsor me. Oh, wow. $5,000 in 1964 was uh, a two bedroom, one bath, 800 square foot house that you could buy almost every day. Um, and this is how I became the first black realtor in America because, you know, I had the forethought that let's pay somebody to, uh, to get it done. And uh, that's that's how it happened, uh, and that was in 1964. Uh, so, the, you know, there was no black community uh, or the, the area where I lived in, the San Fernando Valley, had, was about 20 miles north of the central part of Los Angeles, where mm -hmm. most of the black people live. Um, and it's uh, it was just uh, about maybe one, less than one percent of the population were black. In, in that community at that time. So uh, it wasn't a community to uh, get, get, you know, get behind me and push me. It was uh, me trying to get white people to come to work for me. And speaking of that, I'm glad you, you ended off with that. Were you able back then to work with, work with white clients yeah. or well, you were? Uh, okay. What happened was the young man that sponsored me, the white guy that sponsored me to become mm -hmm. a realtor, he was ostracized. Ah. And 
so much that he had to come to work for me. Ah, okay. And when he came to work for me, uh, we were able to bring in uh, white people as well as black people. Uh, so it, it, it worked out. I mean, you know, God does things in strange ways, but that's, that's how it happened. Uh, so we had uh, actually, uh, by 1971, I had four real estate uh, offices, about 80, uh, 80 agents, uh, and I had an escrow company, mortgage company, um, uh, insurance operation, uh, and you know, I just I built the largest independent real estate company uh, in Los Angeles uh, during that period. Mm. What, what, what we do on our show, anytime we we get a highlight like that, sir, we definitely give a round of applause. So we got to pause for that. <laughs> that. That definitely is a round of applause. In 1971, 80 agents and one of the largest independent firms, particularly what we was going through at the time. So we definitely have to salute you for that, sir. Um, let now, let's segue into you having the largest uh, independent firm. Did that transition to you owning the largest Century 21 franchise at the time. Yes, uh, I, you know, one of the things that my Jewish dad taught me was that any business that you start, you have to have an exit uh, way out to get out of the business mm. um, once you build it. Um, and um, when I started it, I started it as Slayton Realtors. Um, and then uh, I eventually decided, you know, I need to prepare myself to uh, be able to sell this. You know, it's easier to sell a Century 21 uh, franchise than it was to sell Slayton Realtors. Mm. So um, I, um, it wasn't a problem at all. Uh, matter of fact, uh, because of our size, Century 21 came to us. Uh, Imagine. And, yeah, and, and wanted us to join. So I didn't go after them, they came to us. And you know, so it was it's not an easy transaction. Mm, mm. What uh um so now you sold the franchise and did that lead into the segue of you opening up or working in mortgages and banking? Well, when I had the real estate company, I had a mortgage company, uh, because there's uh old saying that when you uh, have a real estate business. And after you get to a certain size, if you don't own uh, also a mortgage company, if you don't own uh, an escrow company, or if you don't own uh, an insurance operation, you're losing money. So mm. I, I had already been in the mortgage business, but after I decided to get out of the real estate business, uh, I uh, sold everything, all the companies that I had, and I sold them to separate individuals or separate companies. I sold the mortgage company to a large mortgage company, mm. sold a real estate company to a real estate company, and, uh, and so on. And I took that cash and I started uh, buying land. I started building houses and condominiums. Mm. And that's what I, I bought. I built the first black, a uh, first condominium project in the country uh, that were you know, geared for selling to black people. Um, and uh, in 1979, I had 76 condominiums under construction. Wow. Interest was 11% when I borrowed the oh, money. Wow. Credit card. 21% when I finished building it. Ooh, well, that's a major credit card. Yeah. So I, uh, fortunately in those days, 
there was a loan called the wrap loan. Mm-hmm. You took a first trustee and a second trustee and you wrapped them together and you got a lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, that was enough to pay off my construction loan. I sold enough to pay off my construction loan, but I was broke. All my oh. money was tied up in these units. Ah. Um, and at, at that time I thought, oh, this is just absolutely crazy. Um, but today I still own half of them. So it wasn't all that bad, but it was mm-hmm. terrible at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I had to borrow $40,000 from my dad and I um, opened up a mortgage brokerage operation um, in the San Fernando Valley, same place. Okay. Um, and um, two years later, I had built it to a point where I was uh, able to sell it to a publicly traded company. Um, I sold it to a company called Johnstown America. They were the largest property management company in the country at that time. And um, uh, naturally they were white, they were located in Atlanta, Georgia. And I handled all the sale over the phone. Um, And then they came out to meet me. And um, when they found out I was black, uh, they kind of backed off a little bit, but then they uh, wanted to go see the office. So they went to this to see the office and they found out that it was only one other person that was my nephew uh in the company that looked like me mm. the rest of them you know were, looked like them and they said let's close the deal so i became their uh, uh, president of their mortgage operations stayed with them for two years and then i took that and so when you sell a company in, at least in those days you sold it for stock and for cash So I took my stock and sold my stock and I took that cash and I bought into a bank in Western in in Los Angeles called Western bank, started up a mortgage operation for that bank. Um, 10 years later, we sold the bank to us bank and we all retired. Um, at that point I decided, well, it's time to get married. So I married a lady by, uh, that was, uh, number three or four under Cisneros, who was the secretary of HUD at that time. Okay. And uh, we, uh, uh, she moved from uh, from uh, Washington DC to Los Angeles and took over the HUD operations. And eventually she got her 25 years in and she retired. Mm. But we both were sitting around doing nothing and we decided that let's do something to keep ourselves busy. So we uh, uh, took one of our bedrooms and we, started up a little company that we called QC Mac, which was a quality control company for the mortgage industry. Um, And um, 10 years later, we were the third largest company in the country. Um, And we sold that in 2006 um, and uh, retired again. Um, And um, in 2010, I got a call from uh, a young man that uh, used to work for his mother uh, his mother was one of our clients and he saw me take these companies and build them and he wanted me to come and help him build his company uh, and here I am retired living at the beach uh, in Los Angeles he wanted me to move to Las Vegas to the desert mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately after I sold the uh, uh, UC Mac uh, my wife and I got divorced and I was single, so I said, okay, I'll do it. And we became partners and we built the uh, largest, um, uh, he happened to have been Hispanic, um, and we built the largest Hispanic mortgage banking company in the country. Um, 
So during that period, uh, you know, I'm 77 years old. Okay. And I decided that uh, three years ago that I made my money for myself and my family. Now I wanted to do something for my people. Mm. So I uh, decided that I'm going to start a mortgage banking company uh, that is going to focus 100% unapologetically mm. uh, on black home ownership. Mm. And that was the, the birth of uh, legacy home loans. Quick commercial break. If you're interested in a career in real estate or you're a seasoned vet, you might want to change, new environment. You don't like the atmosphere you're in. The Headley Group Realty could be there to assist you with your career. What do we offer? Great culture, great environment, leads, and an awesome commission structure. Let us be there to support your business. One thing, you gotta be in the state of North Carolina. Let's get back to the show. Well, so you said so much there that we have to unpack. I would want to say is, are you still are you still doing any kind of development, or is that just for a phase? Or no, that was just during that period. Um, I, not, I mean, I own a lot of real estate, but uh, I'm not doing any development. Catching mm-hmm. any development, okay. Well, I did want to ask you. I want to peel it back a little bit because we was reading about that a uh, uh, back then you it was there lawsuit filed concerning uh, a settlement with for us. For discrimination with the fair housing, uh, yes. Um, back then, I uh, was going through a divorce um, okay. in in the uh, in the seventies, mm-hmm. and um, my lawyer said that I couldn't go buy a home; uh, had to rent um, until we could settle uh, everything. So uh, I went to look for a. Uh, an apartment to rent mm-hmm. and uh, I saw this complex that I really liked and I went in and uh, it, it says uh, you know there were places available but mm-hmm. they told me there, there was nothing available mm-hmm. you know so I accepted it and I walked out just so happens uh, I was the president of the San Fernando Valley Fair Housing Council mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. um, and I went back to the office and in those days we used to do uh, testing. Mm-hmm. Um, we would send um, people out to apartment building and you know, send a white couple to see if they could rent it, send a black couple to see if they could rent it, uh, send a woman by themselves, see if she could rent it, you know, send a man by himself, see if he could rent it. And we did all those things and everyone was able to rent, all the white people were able to rent, all the black people that I sent were not able to rent uh, that same complex. So I followed a lawsuit and um, it was very successful, uh, mainly because I happened to have been the president of the Fair Housing Council at that time. And I had knowledge that most people don't have mm-hmm. or didn't have at that time about fair housing. And uh, that's that's how I won that suit. Wow. the. And like you just said, is that you knew you had certain information. Uh, let me ask you something here. Considering at the times, if the right information was not available, such as you not having it or knowing the right people, I'm quite sure it had been an uphill battle for us winning. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, knowledge is, is king. The... Uh, uh, so now let's transition to you being CEO of Legacy Home Loans. Mm-hmm. Um, 
largest African-American-owned mortgage company uh, in, in the country. And you, and you, you, you walked us um, to that point thus far. Currently, what exactly uh, is, is, is your mortgage company, banking company, are doing for people that look like us? Well, first of all, um, we, we are licensed in 36 states. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have locations. Uh, we are licensed to do business in 36 states. Mm-hmm. And we have different locations mm-hmm. uh, where we, we actually have brick and mortar locations. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Buckhead, Georgia, uh, Tucker, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, and uh, Los Angeles, uh, Oakland, California, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So we're kind of uh, spread out and and we're opening offices in every city that has 25% or more African-American population. Mm -hmm. And what I do is once my branches become profitable, I take that profit and I open another branch in another minority community mm. so that we are hiring people who uh, are who live in the community, uh, training them how to get into the industry mm-hmm. uh, and how to, and you know, we also hire people that are knowledgeable um, that uh, are in the business, maybe work for other companies. But mm-hmm. uh, today, you know, we get uh, somewhere between 15 to 20 calls a day. Wow. People who looked up on the internet and wanted to do business with a black owned mortgage company. Mm, exactly. that's, that's, that's unheard of. Uh, when I grew up, that never would have taken place. But today we, as a black, as black people have a different uh, thing about how we're going to do business with each other. Mm. And that is just amazing. I, I'm enjoying every minute of that. That is something I like, I never thought I'd ever see or live through a black president. Um, and, you know, nor did I think that I would ever see where we are uh, wanting, to, you know, going out of our way to do business with each other. Mm. That's, that's unbelievable. And, and per- perfect segue, because I actually that was my next question uh, in terms of, like you said, you're uh, uh, you said you're 77. And here we are in 2021 in the middle of the year. And what do you what do you, what's your take on? Uh, real estate professionals in the industry uh, and how we are going about with the support uh, and and just the over, overall uh, 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 just supporting, just, just being there for each other. Like, And I know you said you're proud of the progress that we made, but you can just shed a little more light on that. Well, I mean, you know, uh, when, I, when I was younger and we always used to call this crabbing, uh, where you know you have crabs in a barrel, mm. and one crab try to crawl out, the other crab pulling back down. Okay. Uh, I, I don't see that today, mm. uh, especially uh, in people under forty. Uh, and um, I, I, you know, the average age of, of people in the industry is around fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, and I think in uh, realtors, black realtors and realtists. Um, uh, that is very true that the average age is about 55. But th- those that are younger um, 
have a different uh, idea of how business is, is, is to be done, uh, you know, and they have, uh, they, they, they don't, I mean, they want to help each other. Mm. Where, uh, in, in my days coming up, uh, we weren't helping each other, uh, you know, except when you look at, you know, the, um, the cities, when, when I grew up, we had uh, black doctors and lawyers and everybody living basically in almost in the same community. And, you know, we, we until segregation in the 50s, um, you know, we, we kind of kept, you know, we're able to maintain our own. Um, but after segregation, uh, desegregation rather, um, it, uh, we kind of lost some of the stuff that we used to have and depended upon each other. Um, and now it seems like it's a, it's a complete reversal. Um, everybody, you know, for me to get as many calls as we get a day from, from people that go on the internet searching, uh, go out of their way to search to find a black mortgage company is unbelievable. Mm. Well, do you contribute, do you think that uh, contributes a lot from the power of social media and do you use any social media? I definitely use social media. Um, and uh, I think that social media definitely has a lot to do with what, uh, of how we have grown. And uh, it's, 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 it's the marketing tool that uh, you, you used to, uh, I mean, you're not used to doing, you know, if you are an old timer like myself, where, you know, uh, matter of fact, we did a little uh, thing in South Carolina um, where, uh, we were trying to figure out, do we send mailers like the old school way uh, to apartment buildings mm -hmm. and get people to respond? And um, we, we did a big mailing to that um, mm -hmm. and found out that social media, social media just beats the heck out of anything you can possibly do today. Anything. And it's free <laughs> for now. <laughs> Well, most of it is anyway. Exactly, most of it is now. Uh, and, and I just want to add to that. I just think that I'm very, very happy. Uh, just my years of living, just the progress and this the, uh, the unity of people starting, quote unquote, come back around and waking up and saying, hey, why not support my fellow woman, support my fellow fellow man? Because uh, uh, and, and it has nothing to do with uh, 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 not working with anyone else, but why not to do we do here to support someone that kind of that looks like you like you said unapologetically there's nothing wrong with that everyone else does it why yeah. we can't do it in fact uh my my uh segue to that uh when people ask me about that uh i say how many times have you been to a chinese restaurant mm. and saw anyone that looks like us behind the counter mm. or serving the food uh they 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 support each other and we have to do the same thing Exactly. I agree with you 100% on that, Mrs. Slayton. Um, Mrs. Slayton, you, you've you packed so much great wisdom and knowledge on us here. But I would like to ask, before we get to our, our golden nuggets towards the end, I would like for you to share a story, you know, of your years of experience, uh, 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 one of triumph. You know, you shared so much triumph, a little more detail where it can resonate with our audience to say, man, you know something, I can do exactly like that gentleman did Whereas though you, you helped a family out in terms of first time purchasing a property or you gave a loan with someone like, share one of them insightful stories you have. I know you have a ton of them. Well, <laughs> I, uh, 
I'll give you one on, on, on the real estate side first. Um, I, uh, my first, very first uh, borrower or, or, or client at the time, um, we had, I had a uh, 1957 Chevrolet. Uh, this was uh, probably 1960, uh, well, 64, 65, something mm-hmm. like that. And um, I um, took them out to uh, show a house, out what they call Woodland Hills, which is a very glitzy area. And, you know, um, my, uh, my car broke down. Mm. Uh, and uh, I had to send the clients back on, on a bus um, and uh, send them back home on a bus. Um, and from that, uh, I that, that could have been a, a point in my life where I could have said, you know, this isn't for me. Um, and um, it just, and, and when I got back and we got back together with the client, um, they were so appreciative of the fact that uh, I, you know, I didn't give up on them uh, and help them uh, get into to be their first uh, home. Uh, it uh, they they couldn't refer me enough, uh, and that that's really what you know what it's all about. And you know, as far as uh, I mean, there's a story. No two real estate transactions are the same. Never. Um, and uh, no two mortgages are the same. And, you know, there are people that uh, uh, call uh, all the time that says, you know, my uh, my credit is not quite what it should be. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I've had some problems with my credit um, and uh, my income is not that stable. Um, but you, you have to be able to, in, in, in our business, you have to be able to talk to people, find out what their problems are, and be able to have a solution for them as to how they can fix their credit, how they can, you know, uh, increase their credit score. Um, but our people, and I, and I, and I, I am sure it's, you know, it's all over for all races. But I, I don't deal necessarily with all the races because my focus is on making sure that black people uh, are homeowners mm-hmm. um, but you know i've divided us into uh, four different sections mm-hmm. there's a group of us who needs down payment assistance need credit repair that's about 20 percent of us um, and then there's about 30 percent of us who you know are hard-working people honest hard-working people that just go to work come home dirty and um, you know, they, they, that's what they do for a living and they don't try to be any more than what they are. Um, and, you know, they're, they're just good, uh, good people. Um, and then you have the professionals um, that, you know, we're talking about doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. nurses, uh, uh, people that, uh, yourself, you know, real estate people who uh, have attained some success. Mm-hmm. Um, and have uh, pretty good uh, income, um, and we have to serve those people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the high-end uh, people, you know, the, the uh, actors, the uh, music people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these people, you know, they they need service too. And right. uh, we, in order to make legacy home loans a 
uh, household name within the industry uh, for black people, uh, we have to serve all of the categories of people that we, that, that, that we are, you know? Mm -hmm. And we have this, this thing that says, uh, we are you, you're us. Uh, meaning that, you know, we, we want you to understand that we, you know, we're here for you and you, we can help you do anything that is that you want to do, providing you willing to work with us and do it. Hey guys, thank you for watching our show. We're going to interrupt you real quickly. We are in the business of referrals. If you know someone looking to buy or sell residential or commercial here in the North Carolina area, refer us. We really appreciate that. Mm. I like that. So profound. Well, Mr. Slate, towards the end of our show, we usually uh, uh, ask our guests to provide two golden nuggets, right? You gave us probably about 25. But uh, two golden nuggets, whether it be a scripture, a book, a quote, recommendation, anything that you may feel as our audience needs to hear. And um, by the way. Okay. Well, uh, I have these things I call Slatonisms. Slatonisms, okay. Uh, and these are mainly for people in the, in the business, not necessarily for people that are trying to buy homes or anything of that sort. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of them is that you can't make money in business until you don't need to make it. Mm -hmm. What that means is for, for you, we'll take for example, mm -hmm. if you are coming to work every day and with your head down doing everything you possibly can do, you're in the trenches. Okay. In order to get out of the trenches, you have to reach a break-even point. Mm. Okay, That break-even point means that no matter if you come into the office or not, the company's going to break even. Mm. You're not going to lose money. Right. That is when you can start making real money. Mm. Once you have that point, then you can sit back and figure out how you're going to do things. But if you, and how you're going to do things and how you're going to grow your company. But if you are down in the trenches every day, you can't see, Right. you know, you can't right. see how to do it. So mm. you can't make money into business, in business until you don't need to make it. Mm. I like that. Um, is that. Is that the only quote for this? You got another one for us? I like that. You can't make money until you don't need to make it. I'm going to use that. Good. Uh, let me see, think of another one for you. You know, I, what happens is I'm talking to people and uh, as we're, we're talking, I, I mean, I have a lot of them, but I don't think, and I can't pull them out. Correct. Okay. I want to pull them out. But uh, as we talk, usually if something comes up, I'll tell you, hey, mm -hmm. here comes a Slatonism at you. Slatonism, I like that. Okay. But, uh, well, well, first thing I want to say is, again, thank you, sir, for, for it's been an honor for you to uh, uh, grace us with, uh, to be on our show uh, as the first black of everything. Uh, and we continue, we wish you continued success with all your companies as as you have in the past. Uh, we want to thank Mr. Ben Slayton, CEO of Legacy Home Loans for being on the Eddie Group Real Estate Show. And we'll see you all soon. Take care. Hey gang, I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight, and please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.